I can't let go of everything. But there's certain things that we got to let go of and uh, forgive people for. I mean, if my friend from middle school was able to forgive me for what I did, do you think you could find it in your heart to forgive him? Sure. My cold, dark heart. Your heart is so not dark. It's so beautiful. Oh, yes. You really are. You have a really good heart, son. How many people tell you that? You. How many hundreds of people have written you letters saying that? Giving one person actually make a difference in unifying the entire world? What are some tools I can use to live a life of more freedom? These are just some of the concepts you'll hear about in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of See One Beautiful Soul. I think the y'alls are getting to me. I've been in Florida for two years, so... Yeah, I guess I'm officially a Southerner again. I'm so excited to bring you an episode with Cassandra and Brody Ritter and their dog. You'll hear their dog in the background. What a story they have. Uh, This is a kid who was really struggling with bullying and being made fun of in school and his mom had had enough. She posted something on Facebook and Paul Rudd, the actor, responded along with a bunch of other celebrities uh, and take a listen and you'll hear his story. I also wanted to remind you that this week you can participate in a free online workshop on Facebook that I am creating called Break Open and Create. So go to Facebook, go to groups, type in Break Open and Create and ask to become a member and I might actually just let you in. We're having so much fun. We're dancing, we're singing about magic and making room for magic and people are really enjoying themselves. We're doing meditations, we're doing journaling, we're talking about our stories and how to spin them into magic. And in a couple of weeks, I will be offering an online course called Making Space for the Magical. Go to barbheller.com, look under courses, look under Making Space for the Magical, and you'll see all the different prices. It goes up in a few days, but feel free to sign up. It's eight weeks. By the end of the course, you will feel a lot more healed You will have a story to share that is magical. You may not have thought of it as magical, but by the end of the course, you will see it as so. And you will either spin it into a TED Talk, a short story, a memoir, a TV show, an art project, a mural project, claymation, something. But you will figure it out and you'll have a blast doing it. You'll make a bunch of new friends. Please think about teens, tweens, preteens and young adults that you could share this episode with. It touches on something very close to my heart, which is middle school bullying. And we've all been either a victim or a bystander of that. And it hurts. It's uh, traumatic for both the participant, uh, the person who is bullying, the person who is being bullied. We've all experienced this in some way. It needs to end. And I think that this kid Brody and his mom Cassandra are super brave in getting the conversation out there even further and I was so impressed with how much courage they shared in this interview and I hope that you'll take the time to forward it to somebody who could really use it. Thank you so much and I'll see you on the other side of this talk with some nuggets of wisdom by the great Brody and Cassandra Ritter. Hello Brody and Cassandra. 
I am so excited to hang out with you guys. Are you 11? 12. You're 12. Okay, forgive me. Are you going into seventh grade? Uh, yes. If you're called on, right, by something bigger than all of us, I call it God. You call it the universe, the force, whatever. Oh, see, he agrees with me. Because, um, you know, dog backwards. Hello. God. But, um, you know, you you got called on to raise your hand and say, I wish people were kinder. But let's go back, because for people who don't know the story, what happened recently that kind of blew up? What happened? Uh, nobody signed my yearbook. And then, like, my mom posted it on Facebook, like all moms do. And um, wait, what did she put? What did you post on Facebook, Cassandra? I posted a picture of his blank pages with a couple uh, signatures. And then he also signed his yearbook himself. Right. What did it say, Brody? I hope you make more friends. So I posted that originally in the parent group for the school uh, Facebook page and I, the res- the support I received from the school community was overwhelming. After I saw the support from the, the parents, I also posted it on my personal page because my friends kind of know about the bullying that Brody's experienced throughout the last year. And then it just, it really blew up from there. They say you don't become famous overnight. Well, I proved that wrong. Brody. <laughs> And you had a lot of celebrities writing to you, right? I, it wasn't just him. He was just one of many. I had so who- Terry Polo. I had Russell Wilson. I have Paul Rudd. Uh, who else? Uh, the entire cast of... Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. And Cece from like the Kardashians. Cece Boosie, I guess. I think that's her name. The original cast of Jervin Hansen or the current cast? The current cast, including uh, Gatton. Is that his name? The one from Stranger Things? Well, it's the actor for Dusty in Stranger Things. Yep. And then Jessica Phillips. She was in like Law and Order SVU. Uh, it was just, it's just amazing. The outreach is lovely. <laughs> Why do you think you were bullied for the last year? What what happened this past year that made the bullying become big? I actually don't know. It's just, it just happened. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I did wrong. I think it was just me. Like, what I, who I am. Mm. And is that really true? Because you're adorable. Like, who would want to, maybe people want to bully adorable people. Maybe that's the thing. People are like, ew, he's cute and fun and sweet. Let's get on him. Is that what people... I'll fight back. Because you won't fight back. Because I'm a pacifist. He's very smart. Well, he clearly comes from a smart mom. What do you have to say to people who feel bullied right now, no matter how old they are, whether they're two or 102? Because, you know, people who are elderly also get bullied and everyone in between, even big celebrities that are really famous and beautiful like J-Lo, they get bullied too. So what do you have to say to all those people who fit in that category? Be yourself. If people don't want to be your friend because of that, well, then they're not good enough. And you already had two friends, right? Right to you in the yearbook. Yeah, Xavier and Chloe. And then two teachers. I thought it was Levi. No, it was Xavier and Chloe. And then the two teachers, Miss Kim. And I don't remember. It wasn't Miss Kim. It was one of the help. 
papers. Oh, like the teacher's aides? And then uh, Miss Salazar. Yep, Miss Salazar. I was a science teacher. What made you want to write Get More Friends? Were you just sort of being silly to yourself, like making a joke? Or did you actually mean it? Like, this is a goal for next time. Both. Both. Because you seem like you have a really good sense of humor. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me so you don't feel so like, I'm hanging on a ledge. Because it's a little naked, you know, when you talk about these things. When I was in fifth grade, that's when the bullying really started for me. And it didn't really end until I was a freshman in high school. I hear you. Um, from K through fourth, people were, I always had friends and, you know, I've always been like this outgoing, trusting, loving, hard on my sleeve kind of person, wear birds and things like that, um, okay. and fun dresses. And so I've always been this and thank God the bullies didn't get to me. Cause guess what I'm doing now? I'm hanging out with people like you and I get to teach people how to be better people because I'm working on it all the time. So I'm constantly meeting people who are working at all the time. But anyway, um, so don't stop being yourself. I love that advice. When I was in fifth grade, I walked up to a girl who was new to school and she was wearing these really fancy back in the eighties. Maybe your mom is a little too young to know this, but there were these jeans called Edwin jeans and Cavaricis, And she had both of them. You didn't have that. Well, we had that in South Florida. So people would wear them. And when you wore them, that was like a status symbol that meant you were cool. Didn't matter if you were a jerk. You just, you were automatically cool. Sort of like wearing Yeezys or something. So, um, yeah. So, so I walked into school one day, this new girl comes in with the Edwin jeans and every guy is already like goo gaga for her. So I think, oh, she's the most popular girl in school. And she really was instantly. And I walked up to her and I said, hi, I noticed that we're sitting together in math class. I'm Barbara Heller. It's so nice to meet you. And by the way, if I ever do or say something that upsets you, please let me know because I really want to be your friend. She never spoke to me again. Like never, like not even on graduation from high school. I remember I was like, congratulations, we did it. And she was like, did she just look at you? Traumatized. Yeah, because like Evan Hansen's character, if you're familiar, Brody, with that guy in the musical, I mean, I didn't have severe anxiety at the time. That came later, but I definitely had my heart on my sleeve and I really wanted desperately to have real friendships. So uh, you're not alone. And I think that the more you are a really sensitive person, like in a good way, I think sometimes the bullies kind of flock because everyone's so scared of that. And so it's an easy way to attack. And when you say you're a pacifist, me too, I have a podcast about bringing people together and seeing one soul. So I get it. I just wanted you to know that. Now back to you. Let's ask your mom something now. Mom, were you ever bullied in school? Is he taking after you or is this? Yes, I I was bullied. Um, I had a couple instances of bullying. Like in sixth grade, actually, some girls put dog poop in my backpack. That was fun. <laughs> in seventh grade, I feel like seventh grade middle school was is just hard. Yes. I think it's age group. Seventh yes. My little group of friends, I was meeting them for lunch in the cafeteria and there wasn't enough room at the table. So they told me, sit on the ground where you belong. Oh, and what is it with middle schoolers? Everybody's so mean. I don't understand it. And I vividly remember just standing up and looking down at them and saying, this isn't even worth my time. And I walked away and 
never hung out with those girls ever again, but now they reach out to me. <laughs> oh, do they? That played out. Uh, but to be quite honest, I was somewhat of a bully too. Yeah. Mm. So what does that mean? What, what do you mind talking about what you did? Um, yes. Go grab your water. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hydration is very important. Yes, it is. Um, so more specifically, there was this time in, I believe we were getting ready to go into middle school. Uh, this girl that I went to school with, she was actually my best friend. I don't remember what we were arguing about, but she wore a wig. She had a health condition and I was the only person that knew that. And I remember telling her that I was going to tell the entire school that she had a wig and she ended up changing schools and everything because of that. So, I mean, to be quite honest with you, just recently I found her on Facebook and I reached out to her and I apologized for my behavior. That was my next question. Woo! Big points for you. How yep. was was that because of what happened with Brody or beforehand? Um, it was, it's been bothering me since we were, sorry, Brody, enough. I'm son, telling please. the dog to go away. Shh, shh. Sorry. <laughs> you guys are so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've, it's been bothering me since then. I replay that in my head and I have replayed that in my head since we were young. And, uh, I, I did it because I saw how Brody was hurting and I knew that I hurt her too. And when she replied back to me, she says, you know, I saw your son on the news and she's like, I was wondering if you ever remembered what you did to me. And I said, I most definitely do remember. And I, it eats at it. It was eating at me just thinking about it. And she said, I forgave you a really long time ago, but it's so nice to hear that you acknowledged what you did to me. How beautiful is that? What did that feel like when she forgave you? I felt relieved. It's it's hard to even explain what you feel in that situation. I felt a wave of emotion. I felt happiness. I felt sadness at the same time because obviously it affected her too. Uh, enough for her to re- remember it the way and so vividly that she did. <laughs> That's a beautiful, beautiful story. And I appreciate you for sharing it because you could so easily be like, no, I don't have anything in my closet. You know, like we all do. I remember one time when I was in seventh grade, the girls really got into bullying me in, in my face. And they would say things like, we're going to kick your, and they'd say a bad word, another word for, but they said it loudly and they said it over and over and over again um, for like several days in a row. And I, I started to develop like a gastric issue. I was having ulcers since fifth grade because of these girls, but it got so bad because now they were going to be doing physical harm in my head. And it, you know, the mind is way worse than what could ever happen in reality. And so I, I just wanted to feel what it would feel like to do that to somebody else. And so I walked up to one girl and I said it once, just one time, like, well, if you don't do that, I'm going to kick your, you know, and I said it and I'm telling you, God loves me so much that every single time I've ever done anything like bad or wrong, I get caught right away. I sped once in college, I was going 35 in a 15 mile an hour zone so I could get home to go to sleep on campus at the University of Florida. 
got pulled over, had to go to traffic school. I tr- did it one other time on the road going from Orlando home to Boca. And um, on I-95, I was going like 85 with all the other, you know, and I eventually made a, a sitcom called Traffic School, which almost was bought by Will Ferrell, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but But the point is that, you know, I remember the next day, this eighth grade girl who was her sis, her older sister, who was really like 15, but in eighth grade. So we know, you know, what was going on with her. And she's walking down like this, the the hallway going, Barbara, does anybody know Barbara? And I'm like, oh my God. And I put two and two together. I go, that's her sister. I didn't know she had a big sister. Looking for me. (laughs) I left campus. I stayed home for three days, terrified. I got her phone number. I called immediately and said, I, you know, I was just, uh, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm sorry. I exaggerated. I would never do that to anybody. I don't even know how to hit anybody. I've never hit anyone. And my sister's like, yes, you have, you know, three years younger, but like a totally different thing. It was awful. Anyway, again, this interview is not about me, but I just want, didn't want you to feel alone. So guys, what can we say to the actual bullies? And Brody, this is going to be a hard question for you. Maybe not because you're like a warrior, but out of all the bullies in school and you don't have to say them by name because that would be rude and we don't want to stoop but we want to we want to get the word out there of like what they're doing could you explain one thing that really hurt you besides what's going on in the yearbook situation this kid in school before this yearbook stuff his name is no well i'm not only gonna say his first no we're not saying names this kid he, he is not nice. He, and he was annoying me all year. He was the, pretty much the cause of my suffering. And he made me cry in the cafeteria. What did what he do? What would he say? What, yeah, what, were, what was like one example of that? I'm here for you. So Brody plays Fortnite. And what is he? What was he doing? Fortnite, 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 all the time, just to get on my nerves. And it was only in these two classes, my third and fourth period, social studies and science, because we were in the same class for both of those, and it sucked. And I sat near him, and I could couldn't get away from him. Couldn't do it. It was more like harass, harassing him about it. And then he could see that you were getting physically upset and he just kept doing it because he, that, that was his MO. Okay. What do you think was going on in his head when he started that? First of all, that's like really hard to do. I mean, I do voiceover and when I have to repeat stuff over and over again for an animated character, it's really annoying. I can't imagine doing that for a whole period, let alone two. That would be like, my jaw would hurt. So how, how do you think, let's call him James. I have no idea what his name is, but let's say his name was James. Inside of his belly, what do you think it looks like in there? Do you think it's like all peaceful and roses and birds like my dress? Or do you think it's like, meh, like what's going on with him? What would make him do that? A burning fire of internal pain. Okay. Well, not pain part. No, Just- for sure. Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah, most people don't do that unless something's going on inside. If they're feeling really peaceful, there's no way they would do that. Maybe as a joke for a second, and then they'd be like, oh, that sounds like fart night, doesn't it? <laughs> and then they'd laugh, and then they'd stop. But somebody who, like, just repeats it and just wants you to feel sad, that's because they probably feel sad, too. So here's the question I need to ask you, and you do not have to answer it, but I'd appreciate it if you did, because it's something I ask all my guests. And it takes a lot of courage, but I can tell you have a lot of courage. So we're going to just go for it, okay? About this. Have you forgiven him yet? No. Are you going to? No. Okay. He's the one that said I was lying about the yearbook stuff. Yeah, and he also tried to say that Brody was lying about that happening. This guy yep. sounds super jealous of Brody. And then, like, all of the other kids in the class jumped in and said, No, this is really, has really happened. Yeah. Like, you really, it's not, the world doesn't revolve around you. Well, his does, because if anyone's that committed to saying Fortnite that many times, that's, you are his world. He's just really tempted to get a rise out of you. So you are his drug. You're his everything. Yeah. And the fact that someone would even say you lied about that. I mean, something is really not well with him. So let me ask you this. And we're, you know, I'm not into having breakthroughs, but I kind of am. Um, and we may not have one tonight, but your mom just gave a pretty good example of someone who sounds like she was really tormented by something your mom said once. And it scared her so much that she actually changed her whole life and situation around it. Now, I believe that everything that happens to us is for us. So if this guy did this to you, you have no idea who you're helping by talking right now on my podcast, but also the whole thing that came out of it, the whole thing that came out of everything that, that just happened, how you're going to be involved with that organization, ugly and all that stuff, um, which we're going to get into in a second. This woman may have had to change schools to meet her future partner or her whole life trajectory changed. I don't believe that it was just about you, Cassandra. And I think that just like your mission, Brody, is not just about this guy that I called James, whatever his name is. Um, there's something bigger going on. Do you see that? So my teachers, and I have a lot of spiritual teachers and I keep them really close because when I'm around them, I feel really powerful. And we should always be around people who make us feel really powerful in a good way. So let me ask you this. Does it help you to walk around not forgiving him? Yeah. Why? It makes me feel like I will always hold on to something and he will always know what he did wrong. Because then if I never forgive him, then he'll never let go of it. He'll always be like, I need, he, when will he forgive me? When will he, like, will, does he still remember me? Does he forgive me? He'll keep it in his head and he'll keep reminding himself that he's a bully and that he did something wrong. Is that true? I don't know yet. I haven't been to school. I hope so. I hope he stops bullying people. Okay, well, that's a separate issue. Is it true that if you don't forgive him, he will still be worried that you haven't yet? Did that happen with your mom's friend? No. Did your mom, as the bullying person, feel bad still 
even though she already forgave her. Yeah. Yeah. See, the thing about when someone does something really bad is that there's nothing you can do to make them feel worse. On their permanent record. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with you. And it's also burnt into your mind. You're not forgiving them has nothing to do with that. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought you said you were a pacifist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I also, I also hate to remind you of this, but I'm, your glow is really big. So I'm just going to shine it right back on you. You being the light of teaching people how to forgive and move on is actually way more powerful than if you hold on to, and he did this, and then that girl in second grade, and then this little number in seventh, and that little doohickey. That is just going to turn you into more of them, and you're going to hold on to the other side of that rope. You don't need that rope. Where you're going, you actually can't use any ropes. It's the truth. I love that, and I wholeheartedly agree. We talk about that all the time, that we need to let some stuff go, huh? I can't let go of everything. But there's certain things that we got to let go of and uh, forgive people for. I mean, if my friend from middle school was able to forgive me for what I did, do you think you could find it in your heart to forgive him? Sure. My cold, dark heart. Your oh, heart yeah. is so not dark. It's so beautiful. Oh, yes. You really are. You have a really good heart, son. How many people tell you that? You. How many hundreds of people have written you letters saying that? You. Oh, I wrote all of your letters? Okay. Well, sometimes I hear what he's saying because he doesn't really know all those people so well, but he really knows you. And yep. look, at how, look at how your story and you being open about it has affected him. Because here's how I look at bullying. And then I really want to ask you, what do you have to say to the bullies of the world? The only way a person can feel bullying behavior or feel overwhelmed by someone else's power is when they give it to them. Yeah. Right? Like David and Goliath. David was so tiny and Goliath was bullying him. And eventually, you know, regardless of whether you think the Torah or the Bible is true, it's a great story. And we've seen it so many times. I love the Karate Kid. I actually teach a class in it and how it relates to Jacob and Esau from the Bible. Um, because Jacob was this little scrawny guy and Esau was a big hairy man who bullied him. And Jacob wound up getting everything, like all the inheritance and, and, and had to fight him in the middle of the night. And by the way, in the Karate Kid part one, which is the only one, in my opinion, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> except for the Peter Cetera song and the second one, which is like a brilliant song. But anyway, I am the man who will fight. Um, so he does the, the crane kick and that's the exact place where um Jacob was hit also isn't that oh, crazy and that he is sweep the leg Johnny like anyway um but back to you so I hope that you'll you'll take that tonight and you'll stick it in your heart and you'll because you're going to be going to a lot of places you know all the places you go like you got a you got a curriculum son you're you're going to a lot of places so I want you to take that with you because and you can you can quote me, you can just say, someone told me this and I forgot her name, but she had a weird dress on. But remember <laughs> that your part of the forgiveness process is the most important one. Because if you really want to decrease the amount of bullying and bullies that happen in this world, you actually have to take the rope and you have to put it aside and say, let's go. Give me a big hug. 
Because then you're getting your power back. There's no such thing as the bully. It doesn't even exist anymore because you let it go. And then you get to teach other people who have been in our position. And I say ours because you and I have both been bullied. So we know what it feels like. What would you like to tell all the bullies who are currently hurting people? Stop it. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And if you and if you don't pay attention to that, then you're a bad person. What do you think I would say? Stop. Now. <laughs> or I'm going to post it on Facebook. <laughs> and clearly that has a lot of power in it. Cassandra, what, what do you want to say to all the bullies out there? Give people a chance. People might be a little different from you. They might not be your cup of tea per se, but just... Treat one another with kindness. It's not worth it. It's at the end of the day, being mean, the way that you are being mean can affect somebody more than you will ever know. For sure. And how about to their heart, like, give yourself a chance. You know, there's that saying, the golden rule, which actually comes from a rabbi from many, many years ago, Rabbi Hillel, who said, treat others the way that you would want to be treated. The problem with that is that nowadays, because we're seeing it so much in the world, most people don't really know how to treat themselves. And so I'm going to call him James again. He's probably treating you the way someone treats him at home. But more than that, he's treating you the way that he's treating himself. What do you want to say to somebody who doesn't know how to treat themselves with love? If you're not treating yourselves right, go to sleep. That's what I do. Self-care. You'll clear your mind and you'll probably forget about it in the morning because you get like 90% of the things that you learn. Well, there is a theory. We're only using 5% of our brain. I've, I've heard that. Yeah. Most of the time. And the only way to increase it is to treat yourself better and also to be as present as possible. Meaning you have to let go of all of the pain, all of the suffering, all the negativity. And the thing about bullies is that they're like just swimming in that all day. They're just so trigger, 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 triggered constantly. So they, they can't, they're always in fight or flight, which makes them very reactive and scary. Who was the person you had to forgive the most in your life so far? Like what was the biggest thing you ever had to forgive? Was it just now, like a few minutes ago when you said, I, I guess I could forgive them? No, um, my best friend. I've forgiven him for a lot of things and... It's hard to say. I, I can't really remember it. It's like really faint, but I remember something that happened a while ago that like really affected me and I forgave him for it. And <clears throat> of course he doesn't do it anymore because he knows, but it didn't make me very, it didn't make me feel good. Do you remember what happened? Yeah, but I don't really want to say it. And they were making fun of one of his medical conditions. Yeah. And what happened? He made fun of it and it made me sad. Really, really sad. And I forgave him for it. And he doesn't do it anymore, but I'm still, still something I hold on to. It still hurts a little bit. I'm sorry, that's very painful. There's a prayer that I say every night before I go to sleep. It's called the bedtime Shema and it's a paragraph and I'll send it to you. And what I love about it is that I think you might like this too, Brody. It's really not about the other person. It's about you. And what it does is it clears 
the playing field so you can have a really good night's sleep. It's like the best sleep medicine ever. And in the first part of the paragraph, it says, please, God, forgive anyone who hurt me intentionally or unintentionally, like that lady who cut your mom off earlier in the car or the guy that rolled his eyes at you at the grocery store. And you were like, dude, that was so rude. And your mom was like, just get in the car, forget about it. And you're like, but, and he didn't even know. And maybe it wasn't even you that he was rolling his eyes at, but you took it on as your own thing. So that clears all that up. But then do you know what it says right after that sentence? What? It says, please forgive me for hurting anybody intentionally or unintentionally. And then it says, in this lifetime or the ones before, because I believe, as do a lot of other world religions, that we have not been here just for now. We've been here many, many times. Brody, what do you talk about? Reincarnation. Yes, sir. So how cool is that little prayer? And I say it every night before I go to sleep, and I'm always right away. Brody's all about reincarnation. Well, obviously, you're an old soul. Hello. Why would you re- why would you make more souls if you can just reuse them? Exactly. According to Torah, uh, we are all just shards of like the same one soul. But there are people, and you'll feel this as you go on in your life, and I'm sure your mom does too, because she's very spiritual, you could tell, and she had you. But there are soul groups. In other words, like when you met your best friend and you just feel this kinship with them immediately and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I know you my whole life. That's somebody that's probably in your soul grouping that's like really, really close to you. I was two when I was friends with him. You've known him almost your whole life. I've known him for the majority of my life. And you're but so lucky. There are so many people that get bullied that have not one friend especially during the pandemic. My mom used to say, as long as you have one friend, you know, you'll be okay. You could at least have one, two, something. And I (laughs) always had at least one or two friends because she raised the bar that high. (laughs) And then when I got to high school, I wound up being friends with everybody because I did a play and I heard you're into theater. And doing that play and being so courageous on stage, people were like, whoa. And then I went to theater camp with all the other theater nerds. And it was heaven. And I was like, oh my God, I'm actually really cool. I have friends. I'm friends with everybody here. And I'm funny and I'm smart. And people say I'm beautiful. And then I believed it because it really has an effect on you when people tell you that. It does. Mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly agree. When you're around that positivity all the time, you're going to be more positive. You're going to be happier with yourself. You're going to be happier with everybody around you. I mean, even just since all of this has happened, I've seen a shift in Brody, like the positivity radiating from him has been absolutely amazing. He was getting in a pretty dark place for a while there. I was depressed. Yep. Yeah, I would definitely say that. And I mean, I see him pulling out of that darkness and it's beautiful. Thank you. I'm still sort of in it. Sometimes. Yes. I'm still taking my medication Mm -hmm. for my depression. So I still have my depression, but it's not as visible. You're feeling a lot better. I'm still going through things in my head, but on the outs, at least on the outside, I'm, I look okay. We're getting better, aren't we? Yeah. I'm going to go from the outside in. Yep. Okay. And what would you say to other kids that aren't as far along with their letting go of their depression as you? 
a lot of things. Let's hear it. Um, well, just if you, if you're, if you really need help, go maybe get a therapist or two. <laughs> I have two therapists. Um, get a therapist. And if that doesn't help, get more until it does help. Or different forms of therapy. Huh? Yeah. Because they're different. They, they're teaching you different things. Each one has their own technique. Yep. And if none of them work, medication. <laughs> or both. Or both, a little bit of both. But what if those kids are scared to talk to somebody? What if they don't have somebody to talk An to? An introvert? Yeah, like what if they're afraid to tell people how they feel? What do you think? Who do you think they should reach out to first? Oh, your mom? Or their you? mom, their dad, their car, their father figure, their mother figure, their legal guardian, parent, whatever. A teacher, maybe? Teacher. Whoever you trust. And if you don't trust any people, trust some people. There's also helplines. Remember we were talking about that? There's helplines yeah. for people that are in crisis. Isn't it 988 now? I don't know. I know. I created a national phone number. Mm-hmm. 988, I believe. Good so, to know. No. <laughs> I'm part of a mental wellness group on um, Clubhouse, which is an app. Um, Myself and these five other uh, moderators are on it every week, but then we have like 15 other moderators. They're all, we're all experts. I don't know how I became an expert, but uh, somewhat uh, of an expert in mental wellness. And so I teach people about mindfulness and creativity and making books like this out of painful stuff. This is my book called and then one day the world coughed it's about the blessings of the pandemic and I made all the pictures and I was in a really sad place uh the second week of the pandemic as much as most of us were and I decided to pray to God for some help and this whole book came out and so I teach people how to do stuff like that when you're anxious it's like the best time to create something so um but anyway so yeah so four hours a week for the last year and a half we've been um, on the phones with these people and hundreds of, you know, thousands of people have been through the room, but hundreds of people every week come in and we've, we've saved some people's lives as far as I know. So. I love that. I love that. It's so important for people to have that community and that support system, even if it is on the internet, if it's an audio app. Yeah. It's like one big party line. Everyone's talking on the phone. Yeah. I know. I'm still waiting for an invite to clubhouse, by the way. Oh, you can totally, there's no more invite needed. And I can, I can send you a link to ours. It's every Wednesday from four to 8 PM Eastern. So oh just come in and you can come in, Brody. You could be on stage. I can get you on the stage if you want, if you want to share. Nope. nope. People would listen. be so inspired by you. I am a, I am an introvert and I have stage fright. I am an introvert at home. I am a talkative person. But right when I leave the house, it's a whole different story. That is how it is. <laughs> well, is- I, might, I might be able to help you with that. That's something I do. I get people to speak their magic. So if you want, we can do some lessons. But what's, what, what, where do you go from here, Brody and Cassandra? What do you do? What, what, what have you found as your new purpose in the world after this year? 
foundations like the Ugly Foundation, Jordy, and the Brody and Jordy challenge. Jordy. Jordy. It's Jordy. We're working with a couple nonprofits. That's so, awesome. So. What are you guys doing with them? Tell me. Yeah. We're brand ambassadors for the Ugly Foundation. Um, they were just spreading awareness to try to end bullying forever. We're bringing it to light. Like one in five kids each year will be bullied. Um, I mean, just bringing out those statistics and making it a, people aware of what's happening. Uh, that's it's a good place for us to start. Um, and then we're working on a couple things with some other folks. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're really just trying to spread awareness and we really do want bullying to end. I, we don't want anybody to feel the way that Brody did or the way that my friend did or the way that you felt when you were younger or the way that I felt. We, nobody should feel that way. We yeah. should all be kind to one another. And I, I really hope that we can have a happier, more inclusive community for everyone. Yeah. What do you think makes people more kind? What's the secret ingredient? More kindness. <laughs> um, that's true. Kindness breeds more kindness. But how do you even get there? What do you think it is? What's missing today? What do you think the kids and the parents are missing? I'm sure you've got a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're not present anymore. Honestly, I think that we are able to do bullying online because you're behind a screen. You don't get to see somebody's reaction to what you're saying to them. You don't know how that's affecting them. Uh, I think during the pandemic, we spent so much time away from one another that we have to relearn how to be social again. I mean, if you really dig down deep, we're supposed to be social creatures and we were not for what, two years and it's just we're still not social that's what i'm talking about the phones i think that that's a huge problem honestly i think we need to unplug but they're also a great tool they can be yeah they are a great tool but they're even better when you don't have them in your hands for a long time during the day because then you can actually use them and not just be like zombie out when they're playing i can be talking to them and they don't hear a word that i'm saying don't you agree it's because, well, you you sometimes enjoy the peace and quiet. Oh yeah, right. we're all we're all guilty of that here. Take my oh, phone. Yeah. Take my phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no shame in admitting that I've given my kid a phone so I could have ten minutes to myself. Sure. <laughs> I have a screen. Yeah, I'm gonna stay still until ads come up, and then there'd be. I need food. <laughs> Isn't that so? Thank God for the ads. And yeah. do you mind me asking? Is there a a co-parent in the situation or is it just you um so his dad actually lives out of state he moved to oklahoma when brody was what five you were five yeah like so five or six yep so he sees him uh a couple times a year like but annually. i have my husband who is pretty much helped raise him hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I i'm have- so you what? I'm so lucky to have my husband. He's been awesome. He's been a great father figure for him, too. It's my buffer. Shh. Baby, put the dogs down. It's really painful. My dad left when I was in college, but um, we went through a really hard time. So I can understand. And the last two years since COVID happened, when I moved home, 
we've been learning Torah or Bible together once a week, sometimes twice, and we have grown so much. And I completely forgave him for everything. And he has been one of my best friends. And I never, ever thought that was going to happen. And I just did my last podcast on him on Father's Day. If you want to hear it, you'll, you'll hear a lot in there. I started listening to that one. I'm halfway through it, honestly. <laughs> I'm halfway through it. I'm so touched. Do your stuff while I'm at work, <laughs> like in the background, and I love it. Oh, thank you. Well, I was going to say, and I don't have to put this on the actual episode, but I would love to work with you guys at some point because I love your mission and I love what God has chosen you for. And you're going to need helpers, you know? And, you know, I really, I think this is just my little tiny opinion of 45 years. I'm going to be 46 tomorrow. No, the 28th in two days. I know. Um, Happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. Um, this is such a great birthday, birthday week present. Um, and I'm so glad Brody was here. It was so great. Um, that early birthday. Thank you. What's your name, sir? Esther. Esther. Oh, Esther. It's a, it's a girl. Oh, she's a Jewish dog. Hello, Esther. <laughs> Queen Esther. Um, I, I, also Brody's a Hebrew name. I don't know if you knew that. Thank but, you. <laughs> so cute. Um, but I believe that what we're going, what we're growing through now as human beings mm-hmm. is like, sort of like a war on spirituality or, or godliness, because you can see it, right? You can see that, that people are just so stuck in their, in their stuff. And if we just kind of, for a second could unhook from all the pain and all the misery that's going on, the crime, the, the, the panic, the, the, the disease, the bullying, and just said for a second, could you help us down here? And what is, what can I learn from this instead of it's all bad and China and Ukraine and, you know, all the stuff, Saudi Arabia, all the stuff that's in the news. We could just like pray a little more or like connect and say, what's my purpose? What, what can I do with this instead of getting bogged down? Do you see, then I think we'd actually have a chance. And if we saw the godliness in each other and in ourselves, how on earth could we be cruel to each other? It just wouldn't, so that's what I'm selling. That's what that's what I am doing here. And I believe everyone today is at risk. I don't think that it's just a small group of people. And yeah. you're not alone, Brody. And you're very courageous to talk to bring it up. And I believe that the opposite of depression really is finding your purpose. And it sounds like you found it. Or one of your purposes. Because you have a lot. We want to be friends with everybody, huh? Yes. Or at least try if you could look into the future and give one treasure to every single person on this planet, what is the one thing you wish that every single person had? It doesn't have to be something physical. It could be an idea, a concept, a tool, something that that has worked for you that you think everyone, if they all had it, the world would be such a better place. Everyone would be the same. See one beautiful soul in the title. It's all about the fact that we're actually one. We're all God, right? We all have God in us, outside of us. We were breathed into, right? So if everyone knew that, they everyone knew they were divine, they had a spark of God, and they knew that everyone was related to that person. It wasn't like, oh, you're this religion or you're this color or you're this background, so you're different than me. Like deep down at our essence, we're actually the same, right? Is that what you want everyone to know? Yeah. We're all equal. Well, I wish that 
physically and mentally we're all we were like all the same because there would be no racism because everyone would look the same there would be no more bullying because everybody looked and acted the same way there'd be the world would be better would it be better if that was true or is it really cool that we all eat different things speak differently have all these different concepts and cultures and at our core we actually have to look for the fact that we're all the same it's love that it's yeah it's cool but i (laughs) i think when you're in middle school and everybody's so hung up on what you're wearing and what you look like that's when it would be nice if everyone looked the same but i think god is kind of testing us to look beyond that be more individual and when you close your eyes and you meditate you actually can really see that that everybody is really the same in our core i wish everybody had inner peace peace within themselves me too well you know how you get to create that for them how by being it yourself yep because there's a reverberation when we feel it And we go out there and we say, I'm going to be peaceful no matter what's going on, no matter what wars are happening, disease, shootings, I'm just going to be the light. And the more we do that, they can't win. Yep, it's true. Well, this has been so fun hanging out with you. Brody, thank you for being such a light. And I really want to thank your mom because if she didn't have the courage to be honest and post that, and if she didn't have the courage to talk about what happened with her and her friend and really feel that really feel what happened with her friend and really own it and then share that with you. I just, I don't know. I mean, I know you're, you're a hero Brody for so many people, but I really feel like it's your mom too. Like your twin, your twin heroes, your sheer Shiro and hero. God bless you guys. When I come to Colorado, I'm hanging out with you. Yes, please. Let's make it happen. Let's have, let's have a retreat for kids. I would love that. And their parents. Here's some nuggets of wisdom from the great Brody and Cassandra Ritter. Forgiveness releases the ropes so you can let go of the person bullying you. So it's up to you. Do you want to hold on to those ropes and feel them in your hands and getting the little bumps that happen when you hold really tightly to ropes? Or do you want to release them and have smooth hands? We can't always treat others the way we want to be treated if we're not treating ourselves well. We have to do better as a world at teaching ourselves and our children especially how to treat themselves and in turn, hopefully they will treat others the way that they want to be treated. Dr. Bruce Lipton says we're only using 5% of our brain and we usually forget about 90% of what we learned the day before. He is a neuroscientist, and I definitely encourage you to check out his work. Brody actually quoted him in this, but we didn't say the name of who it was, so I thought I would give him credit where the credit is due. Please look up The Ugly Foundation. That's spelled the, T-H-E-U-G-L-I, foundation.org, so that you can learn more about how to support anti-bullying efforts in your area. I made reference to the Bedtime Shema, which is a Jewish prayer spelled S-H-E-M-A. And if you go through a Jewish Siddur or prayer book, or if you just look online for the Bedtime Shema, you can find uh, on Chabad.org, Judaism 101, 
or other uh, well-known sites, uh, the bedtime prayer called the Shema, and you can find a paragraph that starts out with, Master of the universe, I hereby forgive anyone who angered or antagonized me or who sinned against me, whether against my body, my property, my honor, or against anything of mine, whether they did so accidentally, willfully, carelessly, or purposely, whether through speech, deed, thought, or notion, whether in this transmigration, meaning this lifetime, or another transmigration. I forgive every person. May no human be punished because of me, and may may it be your will... God, my God and the God of our forefathers and foremothers, that I may make poor choices or sin no more. Whatever bad choices I've done before you, may you blot out in your abundant mercies, but not through suffering or bad illnesses. May the expressions of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart find favor before you, Hashem, God, my rock and my redeemer. You can easily find this prayer if you search for it as the bedtime Shema, the forgiveness prayer. Uh, it also in Hebrew is starts out with Rabono Shel Olam or master of the entire world. I have found that this prayer is the best sleep medicine. If you're taking sleep meds right now, see if you could do one night where you just say this prayer and drink some decaffeinated tea before bed. Uh, it really can do wonders. And massage your heart while you're doing it and, and see if that works for you. When I asked Brody and his mom, What's missing today? What makes people more kind? What are kids and parents not getting? And they said very astutely that we're not present anymore. We don't feel what people are feeling. There's no more empathy because we have this thing called a phone and it takes us away from the moment. And I thought to myself, well, sure, intellectually we know that, but it's a very deep answer. Really think about it. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, and you happen to be sitting by somebody that you love, I would encourage you to turn it off and look at them and really just take them in, really into your heart in the moment. Give them a hug. Give them a kiss. Tell them how much you appreciate them. And stay in the moment for the rest of the day. See how that goes. If you know somebody with a great story about forgiveness, failure, or freedom, please share them with us. If you learned something new or feel like something from this episode could inspire someone else, please share the episode on your Facebook page or Instagram and tag that person and tag us too. You can find all of our social medias, drop us a note, or join our newsletter at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you hear podcasts. May we all choose to look for the light in ourselves and each other in all ways, always. Always.